Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Today's message comes from Pastor Tony Ria. Once again, good morning. Welcome to Community Christian Church. It's so good to have you here. As Dave mentioned just a few moments ago, last week we started a brand new series entitled, I Love My Church. And in a very sincere way, I want to say thank you to all of you who repeated that statement back to me in one way or another. Thank you for your ongoing support and for your kindness and for your own genuine affection for this place. Now, one of the main reasons why I love Community Christian Church so much is because over the years, God has been very careful to teach us the meaning of grace. And now I'm not talking about just the book definition for grace, which is oftentimes defined as the unmerited favor of God. Now, grace is all of that. It's unmerited. We don't deserve it. We could never earn it. But it's so much more than just that. Grace is God giving us everything that we need to serve him. Giving us the strength, giving us the power, giving us the desire and the willingness to live for him. And as I've told you on many different occasions, as a believer, you can't do any better than grace. We all need grace to get saved, and we all need grace to stay saved. And you know what I'm talking about. To live and to act and behave as Christians should. And so if there's one underlying message that I have relentlessly and passionately preached over the past 26 plus years, it's the message of grace. And as we begin this second part, part two, I want to tell you why grace is so deeply embedded in my heart. And in order to do that, I have to tell a story, and some of you may have heard this story before. Not long after I went into full-time ministry, and keep in mind, this was before the start of Community Christian Church. We started Community Christian in 1992. I went into full-time ministry in 1984. So back in the 1980s, over 30 years ago, I was preaching a message, and I was talking about the subject of grace using 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9 as my text. It's one of my favorite verses when it comes to grace. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul's telling us about the time when he appealed to the Lord Jesus to uh, correct an issue in his life. And Jesus responds and says to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in weakness. You've heard me quote that verse hundreds of times. My grace is sufficient for you And my power is made perfect in weakness. So as I'm preaching that message, a message on grace, uh, something came over me. That something was the Holy Spirit. And I made a statement during that message. Remember, this is 33, 34 years ago. It wasn't a scripted statement. It wasn't in my notes. I had never thought about it. It just came out of me. And as I was preaching along, I said... Without the grace of God, I stand before you as a total loser. Without the grace of God, I stand before you as a total loser. And when I made that statement, there was a moment where everything went silent and you could hear a pin drop. 
because the Holy Spirit was speaking something very specifically to our hearts. I mean, he was revealing to me and to the entire congregation on the spot during that service something very important about grace. Well, we went on to finish the message, dismiss the service, and as soon as I dismissed it, a young man came running up from his seat to the stage. I had never seen him before. I didn't recognize him. And he said to me, that message that you just preached really resonated in my heart. God got my attention through it, and I really enjoyed it, but I have to ask you a question. And he said, I just want you to be honest with me. When you made the statement that without the grace of God, I stand before you as a total loser, was that just for effect, or did you mean total loser? And the room is probably just as quiet now as it was back then. (laughs) And so in response to his question, because he was being so sincere, because he was really appealing to me, to be honest, I hesitated and thought about it a second. And I said, well, maybe I embellished a little. Not a total loser. Friends, that right there, looking back, may have been the absolute dumbest thing that I have ever said in my life. Because over the next couple of days... The Spirit of the Lord lifted his blanket and covering of grace off of my life, and I was hit with the barrage of spiritual warfare that I can't even begin to describe to you. All during that time, I had to do my absolute best and fight with as much spiritual strength as I possibly could to keep my heart right and my head on straight. And during those days, as the Lord was getting my attention, the Holy Spirit, in a very loving and tender way, kept repeating the same phrase over and over again. Tony, you need grace. Tony, you need grace. In fact, without grace, you will never be able to do anything. And that grace-lifting experience absolutely changed my life. And so from the very beginning of the start of Community Christian Church, I have been about grace. Learning what grace is, teaching you what grace is, talking about grace. And early on, like in 1992 or 1993, I can't remember exactly when, I came up with the famous GRACE acronym. And I used grace, the the word grace, to teach you and to articulate to you the main core values of our church. And you should know this by now. In fact, there's a poster up in the lobby uh, near the children's wing that talks about this. We have used grace to define who we are and what's important to us. And so the G in grace, God deserves to be first. R relationships matter, acts of service, compassion for others, especially the lost, and E, everything belongs to God. Grace is the community Christian church brand of Christianity. It's what we teach. It's what we're passionate about. It's everything that God has told us to do. And we have been teaching this to you for a long, long time. And so today, what I want to do is I want to review 
uh, the five core values of our church, and we're going to talk about this throughout the month of November, beginning today and throughout the rest of the month. I want to talk to you about these values. I want to remind you of them and, and review them with you. Only we're going to do something a little bit different this morning. Instead of starting with the G in grace, God deserves to be first, we're going to go to the end of the word and work our way back. And so um, we're going to go to E, and, we're going to, and you're going to get a bonus today because we're going to do two for the price of one. We're going to talk about E, everything belongs to God, and C, compassion for others. And who doesn't like a two-for-one deal? Everybody does. All right. As announced, in just a few minutes, we're going to receive a missions love offering. And this love offering that we're going to take today is really an extension of the Mission Sunday offering that we held back in May. Uh, we've been doing this now for the last six or seven years, having a missions offering in May. And with that offering, we try to finance our missions and outreach program for the entire year. And you know, the last several years, our goal has been to raise $100,000. That hasn't changed. And it's through this missionary endeavor, outreaching and meeting the needs of others, that we practice having compassion for others. This is what we try to do when the Bible tells us that we are to reach out and have compassion for others. We, we use our missions endeavor to do that. And we're very uh, careful to make sure that we remember the poor, remember the needy, especially those who need to hear the gospel message. And I've told you this again on many occasions. It's a gospel of good news, and it's also a gospel of good deeds. And so we're going to receive this second mission offering today because we came up a little bit short in May. It's the first time in, again, six or seven years that we didn't hit our target goal of $100,000. And so we're going to try to get as close as we can with the second offering. And in addition to that, as I've mentioned, we want to give two sizable financial gifts, end-of-the-year gifts, to two missionary organizations that we have been supporting for many years, Key of Hope and Living Waters, both of these missions are doing their absolute best to reach out and meet the physical, the financial, and spiritual needs of children's and, children and orphans. And God has instructed us to do that over and over again in his word. Like in Psalm 82.3. In Psalm 82.3, the Bible says this, defend the cause of the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the rights of the poor and the oppressed. Rescue the weak and the needy. I'll read it again. Defend the cause of the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the rights of the poor and the oppressed. Rescue the weak and the needy. And in this regard, throughout the pages of Scripture, God sounds like a broken record. You will read this over and over and over again in the Old Testament and in the New Testament as God forever encourages us, appeals to us, and instructs us to remember the poor. That's why we teach it, friends. That's why we're so passionate about it. That's why compassion for others has become one of our top core values. Because we're instructed to do it. To model 
the gifting that God has bestowed upon us and to remember that everything that we have comes from God. That's what the scripture says. Every good and perfect gift that we have comes from the Father above. And when we acknowledge that, when we live our lives like that, that everything is a gift from God and he he owns it all anyway, it's a whole lot easier to be generous and to share what we have. And never forget, compassion drives generosity. When you have compassion in your heart, your automatic response is to be generous. And the two go hand in hand. And so God says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to remember the poor, and I want you to fight for those that can't fight for themselves. I want you to defend the cause of the oppressed, and I want you to rescue those who are in need. And he goes on to tell us that over and over again. Now, listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 7. Paul says this, Just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. In this what? See why grace is so important and so amazing? You even need the grace of God to give. You need the grace of God to be generous. You need the grace of God to be willing to have compassion for others. Can't do that by yourself. And here in 2 Corinthians, Paul says to this church that earlier in his first letter, he kind of rebuked, but now he's made peace with them and they've matured and and they've grown in the faith. And he said, I I commend you because you are a model church. Uh, To the church at Corinth, he says, there's a spirit of excellence all over you. And you have so much faith. Uh, You love one another. You encourage each other with your words and with your support. When it comes to Bible study and knowledge, you belong at the head of the class. There are so many good things, Paul said, concerning this church. He said, see to it that you don't fall short in the area of giving. And make sure that you draw from the grace of God in order to do it, because that's the only way that you could ever be generous. All right. Just before we receive this special offering this morning, what I want to do is take a couple of minutes and show you where the mission and offer and the outreach money is going. Uh, we, we've told you on several dis- different occasions that we're trying to raise $100,000 for missions. We've talked about it a couple of times during the year. Maybe uh, you weren't here on those occasions, and you don't know where the money is going. So I want to take a couple of minutes, and I'm not going to draw this out. I think you're going to be really inspired and encouraged, and I want to tell you where the mission money goes. And I, I, I'm very clear to, to make this point. All of the money that comes into our church that is designated as mission money, it goes to missions. 100% of mission money goes to missions. And so what what I've done here uh, over the last couple of weeks is I have made personal contact with all of our missions directors, either through email or actually talking to them on the phone, and I asked them to give me the numbers that I can share with you today. So what I'm going to share with you is hot off the press. It's not a ballpark figure. These are accurate, 100% genuine numbers. I'd like to begin uh, at home here uh, with our own food pantry. And in the event that you don't know this, the food pantry that we have here at our church is one of the largest food distribution centers in the entire Macomb County. And I want to start by giving a huge shout out 
to Pastor Dan, Lori Ingram, and our entire volunteer staff. Let's give them a round of applause because they deserve it. So much work taking place there uh, throughout the week. Now, currently, with our pantry, we are feeding approximately 100 families per week. 100 families every week come to the pantry and receive the food that they need to feed their families. In addition to the families that come, there are five, a minimum of five outside ministries that come to our pantry on a regular basis, including the Abigail Home for Unwed Mothers. We supplied them with food. The Alabaster Jar, which is a, uh, it's a Michigan human sex trafficking organization, they come to our pantry for food. Epic Church, which is a local church in this area that not only uh, receives proceeds from our pantry to feed the poor in their congregation, but they also package about 50 boxes every single week and they deliver those boxes to a nearby trailer park. And our pantry also provides food for a group of military vets and a homeless shelter for men. This takes place every single week and every single month. And you are financing that pantry. Now, just to kind of give you a picture of uh, the amount of work and the amount of food that is processed through our pantry, because if you haven't been back there and, and you just heard us say a couple things, you might not know, but pay attention to this, please. To date, for the entire year of 2018, we have processed 117,000 pounds of food through the pantry. 117,000 pounds of food. And... To receive that food, Community Christian Church has paid a little over $9,500. We've raised that $9,500 usually on Communion Sunday when you give those single $1 bills. Remember we asked you to do that? Most of the money, most of the $9,500 is raised that way. So we processed 117,000 pounds of food through the pantry. We paid $9,500 for it. But if you were to compute it out and figure out how much it would be worth if you were to pay for the food in a store and get the best deal you possibly can, we would have paid $191,000 for that food. We paid $9,500. It's worth $191,000. The pantry is a tremendous <laughs> ministry. The next mission effort that we support that I want to talk to you about is called the Stay Free Project. This is a human sex trafficking prevention ministry in Romania, and we've been involved in this particular uh, endeavor for about two years. Like many other places in the world, um, human trafficking, and namely prostitution, is out of control in Romania. And the reason that I like this particular ministry so much is because uh, the Romanian government has allowed the Stay Free Project into the public schools. And our partner in this, he's a pastor, Marion Paduric, he actually spearheads this uh, mission, and he's the one who wrote the curriculum that they have allowed into the public schools. And his goal with this curriculum is not only to teach moral purity and spiritual freedom, but to share the gospel message. Marion told me last month 
in October, 1,500 students, 1,500 public school students between the ages of 12 and 16 went through his curriculum and they all heard the gospel message. That's incredible. In Romania, hearing a passionate preacher talk about Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and he always offers follow-up at his church following these classes. Stay Free also has a future plan to build a transitional home for sex trafficking victims. And now we're talking about girls who are in the sex trades, girls who are actually involved as prostitutes coming out and trying to find a place in society. And and let me just simply say this to you because a lot of what we do is to fight sex trafficking. Any amount of effort that we put into any country, including the United States of America, any amount of money that we put toward children is actually preventing sex trafficking. That's how big of a social issue it is today. And so just by giving to this organization, we are fighting sex trafficking. And so uh, Pastor Marion put together a little video. He did it quickly. And so let's just take a few moments and watch this video together. Okay, let's talk about the Key of Hope ministry. Um, Many of you will remember that uh, the Key of Hope Children's Choir from Durban, South Africa, have been with us a couple of times here at Community Christian Church. They usually come in December around Christmas time. And uh, there's a reason why these children come all the way from South Africa to spend the entire month of December running around from church to church. It's not just to perform and to... uh, you know, minister for us, they're attempting to raise money. It's one of the ways, the key ways that they, they raise money. Well, the children are not coming this year because they can't afford to come. Now, in talking to Dan Smither over the last couple of weeks, I found out that for the past five years, and I didn't know this, Community Christian Church has given Key of Hope over $60,000. That's a tremendous amount of money. In fact, he told me that Community Christian Church is their top is, is their top financial sponsor. We are their top financial sponsor. <laughs> Key of Hope is a ministry to children. Poor, orphaned children that if they weren't there, these children would be running the streets. Check out these numbers. Last month, Key of Hope reached out to 10,000 children. 10,000. Is that, is that number commuting in your mind? 
computing? Are you getting it? They feed these kids, provide clothing, education, school supplies, and do their best to keep them off the streets so that they don't turn to drugs and they're not kidnapped. Each and every Saturday, they host a kids' club gathering and usually have a 1,000 kids in the program every Saturday, and every Saturday, Dan preaches the gospel to them. They hear the gospel. Key of Hope is one of the missions, one of two, that I would like to have Community Christian Church bless with an outrageous financial gift at the end of this year. Dan is going to be here on December the 30th. He's going to be talking to us a little bit about his current mission status. He doesn't know this, but I would like us to present him on the 30th with a check for $10,000. I'd like you to watch this video as well. Okay, as you well know, we're also doing some work in Haiti. First, we have the Rima Pharmacy in Bocasel, and Bocasel is about 70 miles outside of Port-au-Prince. 
Community Christian Church built that pharmacy in 2012, and it's the only one of its kind in Haiti. And our monthly financial support provides a full-time pharmacist for that pharmacy. Now, so far this year, approximately 5,000 patients have been treated at the hospital. The majority of these patients have been pregnant women, babies, and children. 4,400, how many? 4,400 life-saving vaccinations have been given to those patients, and Community Christian Church has paid for them all. Those vaccinations save lives. Are you getting this? I mean, without those vaccinations, these children die. And then in addition to the pharmacy, uh, Christy Shute, the daughter of Tim and Tammy, who attends our church, she's the director of Kingdom Kids Orphanage Home in Haiti in Port-au-Prince. She's making a big, a big difference in Haiti. Not only does she take care of these 16 children, 16 orphans, she keeps them in her home, feeds them, clothes them, educates them. But right now she's involved in another huge project called the House of Hope. This is a future Christian school. This is, this is what Christy has in her heart, a Christian school and a community center where she can teach the children that come through this community center about Jesus. Uh, the gospel message of Jesus Christ is being preached in Haiti along with meeting uh, the needs of all of these children. And we're involved in Haiti. That we're, we're a part of that great work. I'm so excited for what Christie's doing. And then we also have our very own Abdu Murray, who is literally taking the apologetic world by storm. Abdu, are you here? Did I see you? Yeah. Why don't you wave? Why don't you have a round of applause for Abdu and Nicole and the family? Currently, Abdu is the North American director for RZIM, and he and Ravi Zacharias, they are worldwide sought-after speakers and authors boldly uh, defending the faith. And you may not know this, and Abdu probably won't tell you this, but his latest book, Saving Truth, is a New York Times bestseller. So congratulations, Abdu. And then we're still in Cambodia as well with Mission 25. Sam and Aaron Oginski, they're directors of Mission 25. In fact, Aaron just got back from Cambodia. She made another trip this year. I think it was in August or September. I told you a lot about Mission 25 in May during our last uh, missions uh, presentation, so we won't talk much about it this morning. Uh, but just so you know, our greatest fight, our biggest fight in Cambodia is still human sex trafficking. And we're doing our best to try to curb that there and prevent that. All right, one last mission I want to tell you about is Living Waters in Uganda. Matt and Angela Catanella are the directors. Uh, they're originally from the Michigan area. They've been in Uganda now for about 10 or 12 years, and they are raising up a generation of students who have a heart for God. And you're going to see in the video uh, in just a few moments that this is a tremendous need because of, of what's happened there. I'm excited about their brand new project. It's called uh, the Build Hope Project. They purchased five acres of property, and they want to build a center on that property where they can uh, hold discipleship classes, um, life skill uh, training, 
and teach the Bible. And just like Key of Hope, uh, Matt and Angela, uh, they're the directors of the other organization that are going to be here on the 30th of December, the last Sunday in December. They're going to talk, talk to us about their Build Hope project, and I'd like to give them a sizable, wonderful financial gift for $10,000 as well. They don't know about it. It'll, it'll be a surprise. And so let's watch this video together. This is the last one. Uganda. A country where more than half the population is under the age of 15. And the world sees it as a problem. We see it as an opportunity. I went to university after high school, but at school there was a drug selling. People used to scared to drink uh, alcohol. Uh, most of them just wanted a break. I, I was looking for belonging. The emptiness, because there was a lot of uh, stuff going on at home. Religion, Muslims and Christians. There was a battle in my house. And when I went to school, it was the only time there were no fighting. The worst bit was at home there was no money. And my mom always wanted to make ends meet. And then my father got diagnosed with HIV AIDS. I didn't know who to talk to still. Now I was far from home, from home to university, and I was supposed to be in a hostel, and I didn't know who to talk to. I started sleeping around. In the shortest time possible, I got pregnant at 19 because I didn't have most of the accountability partners I had in the youth center. I decided to do a very horrible thing. My father had died. My mother was going to lose her job. I didn't know where tuition was coming from. I get up, knocked up. And then I go for an abortion, almost died, 19 years old. Living Water has been in Africa for the last 14 years, making an impact with college and campus fellowships, in the villages doing village projects, and also doing outreaches in the community. To this date, we've been ministering to over hundreds of campus students that come out every Friday night in our fellowship. We also have discipleship uh, programs where we reach over 500 students. We've been in the schools and the high schools, reaching out, teaching leadership and life skills to over 10,000 students. I am so thankful for all that the Lord has been doing through Living Water Ministries in Uganda the past 14 years. For all the leaders that have been raised up, for the communities that have been impacted, for the village schools that have been established, and for the countless students that have heard the message of purity. We believe that the success of this nation resides in the youth and the young people. 72% of the nation is under the age of 30, making the median age 15 years old. One in five have HIV AIDS. One in 10 have no parents. Only 3% girls and 5% boys finish school. Nearly 38% of the people live on a dollar a day. There have been many efforts by individuals and organizations trying to address the physical needs that stem from living in these conditions. But the people of Uganda are asking for a future beyond AIDS, beyond poverty. Therefore, their problems have become our development strategies. We believe it's our responsibility to raise up leaders and to be the mentors to these young youth that will change the future nation of Uganda. If the moral depravity continues, the next generation will be wiped out completely. 
We have already taken the first step and purchased a prime piece of land worth $250,000. We could not have done this without the support of people like you. Thank you so much. Together, we have bought this land. And now we are going to build a state-of-the-art youth center to impact this community and reach out to the needs of these people. Yes, right here is where we're gonna plant the future Living Water Church. Not only are we gonna have a life-giving church, but we're gonna have a youth center right here to reach out to the youth of this community. Just beyond that tree line, we're gonna put a football pitch, we're gonna put basketball courts over there, and a volleyball field. On this side, we're gonna have dormitories where guests can stay with us. We'll have a library over here for tutoring, and we're gonna have office space over here, an internet cafe, a restaurant where people can come after church. It's gonna be an awesome place for the youth to come out to be transformed. Already we have architects and engineers that are coming out to be a part of this awesome, groundbreaking opportunity. Thank you so much for giving and partnering with us. I explained to you some of the reasons why I come before you and appeal to you to get involved in our missions program here at the church. Uh, we pray about who we're to sponsor, who we're to support, who the Lord lays on our heart, what projects to get involved in. I'm probably getting at least two to three requests for money every single week. There is so many needs, so many hurting people and we're trying to do our part. And as you can see through some of these videos and some of the information I've given to you, the Lord is greatly using our church to not only rewrite history, but to change the way the world looks. And so when we come to you and we appeal to you and we ask you to be generous because everything belongs to God and have compassion for others, when, when I try to tell you and, and communicate to you that these are the core values of our church, it's because this is the reason God initiated the local church in the first place. It's to share with others the blessings that he's given to us. Now, we're going to have a closing song in just a minute. I'm going to ask the ushers to come. We're going to receive this offering. This is not a hard sell, friends. If you're in a position to do this and your heart was moved, just... Do something. Just do, do whatever you can. If you're not in a financial position, nobody's going to come knocking on your door. If your heart's moved, and maybe over the next couple of weeks you could give something, but you can't give it today, and you want to write an amount down on a piece of paper and put it in the offering basket, that's fine too. We're just wanting to follow the instructions that the Spirit of God has given to us when over and over and over again, we're told to remember the poor. It's easy to forget them. It's easy because of everything we have here not to realize the way some other people live. Now, in this closing song that Darlene's about to sing, at the very end of the song, there's a couple of words and, and some text, lyrics that just, just got a hold of me, and I want to share them with you so you can look for them. It says, it's not fame that I desire, nor stature in my brother's eye. I pray it's said about my life that I live more to build your name than mine. I pray that it's said about my life 
that I live more to build your name than mine. Father, we thank you. for how you've blessed us in so many ways. And I thank you, Lord, for Community Christian Church. I love the generosity of our church because not only do we excel in faith and in love and in speech and in knowledge, but you've also given us the grace to excel in giving as well. I pray, Lord, your blessing over this congregation, your financial blessing, open the windows of heaven as only you can and help us meet needs. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.